This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Everybody doing out there right now? This is Gilmy again, and this is Tom the Cadet. There we go. I'm making him actually do his own intro for the for the first time, guys. <laughs> like, wait, what? I have to do the intro? Oh shit! <laughs> but we are here with another episode of Talking with Tom, and this one is another top ten episode. Tom's top ten tag team. And here's the thing, guys. You're gonna love it. I know it. But there's a lot of surprises in it, and that's the fun part about this. So let's just jump jump right in. Well, you know what, guys? I'm going to get the sponsors out of the way right now. Go check out Ghost Jewels on Instagram. It's, it's in the notes, guys. Use the promo code GILMI. Get 30% off if you want. Uh, the darker side jewelry, the gothic stuff. I, lo- I am a guy that loves loves the skulls on everything so that's just me you guys do you but if it's your thing use that promo code gilmy and you get 30 30 percent off go check out bats in the belfry art.com she is going to be cutting off commissions very very soon i believe it's uh another week and then christmas commissions are are all done guys so go check out bats in the belfry art for that special gift for that special someone and last but not least Go check out Shirtcasters. It's in the show notes. Get get the gear for the podcast in there, you. And also on that site, OIW merch, as well as Gilmy Talks, Talking with Tom, is going up there very shortly. Honestly, probably tomorrow. I already got everything ready to go. So, check out Shirtcasters. And also, if you want to, you know, buy my own merch, Tom's own, own merch, Go check out the Gilmy Talks Launcher at Cart Store. And now that I'm done shilling for the episode, let's get into Tom's top 10 tag, tag teams. everybody and their top 10 tag teams and their Mount Rushmore's of wrestling and it really should be like the top 10 tag teams of 1993 through 2018 I feel like <laughs> yes uh and not to shit on anybody's list and stuff but I'm pretty much going to be of the opinion and if your top 10 tag teams list of all time does not contain at least one of the tag teams I'm going to talk about today, your list is shit. <laughs> and that's why I love Tom. <laughs> uh, also, I'm going to prefix a little bit of wrestling history, as usual. Uh, and also, 
Don't anyway fucking come at me with Wikipedia says this. Wikipedia's wrong, okay? <laughs> I have researched this a lot. Nobody come at me with Wikipedia crap. Um Everybody's talking about tag teams now. It's very difficult to compare tag teams of today to tag teams of previous eras. Uh the big ones nowadays everybody talks about, of course, Young Bucks, Team 3D, the Dudleys, the Hardy Boys. Um, F- F- FTRs are as big. Yes, FTR is huge. FTR, though, they're kind of still on upward momentum, so I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not, I can't really talk about their career accomplishments because they're still fairly early in their career. Yeah. Uh, I, God, we got hope anyway. <laughs> I oh, do love I, FTR. I hope those guys never break up. And I'm happy they left WWE so they can stay a tag team. I think they're tag team guys. They should stay as a tag team. And yes, Dax is an amazing singles wrestler, same as same same as Cash. But guys, together they're great. They're probably one of the best tag teams right now. Oh definitely. Um and I'm not overlooking this is kind of a past tag teams too i'm also going to prefix that uh there's a lot of fantastic tag teams right now usos uh, oh god yeah mark and jay briscoe i love the fucking briscoe brothers they're amazing and tom's personal favorite the young bucks oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, i will give young bucks credit um kind of to compare some of the tag teams of the modern era apples to apples comparison you can make uh, Young Bucks, three times Ring of Honor champions, former IWGP tag team champions, seven-time IWGP tag team champions, so yep. that's a hell of an accomplishment, I'll give them that. AEW tag team champions, but you're uh, the executive. Uh, yeah. But closer to home, they are, of course, right out of Toronto's Royal Canadian Demand Lucha, Royal Canadian tag team champions, so there we go. Yep. Uh, the Dudley Boys, Team 3D, of course, Bubba Ray, Devon, whichever name you want to use for them. Depends where they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ten-time former WWE, WWF Tag Team Champions, as well as two-time IWGP Tag Team Champions, and three-time Impact TNA Champions, and eight-time ECW Tag Team Champions. So... In terms of global domination, you kind of got to lean towards the Dudleys, Team 3D. And, of course, the Hardy Boys, very close as well. Nine-time WWE, WWF Tag Team Champions, two-time TNA Champions, and former Ring of Honor Champions as well. And you want to know one local tag team that I think just is never going to get back back together and I'm a huge fan of these guys Ethan Page and Josh Alexander those guys are great but they've definitely uh, gone on separate successful single oh, yeah. careers uh, and of course the tag team that everybody talks about inarguably one of the greatest tag teams if not the greatest tag team depending on how you want to slice things the Road Warriors, um, certainly in terms of notoriety, I would have to say the Road Warriors are the greatest tag team of all time. In terms of people, everybody knows the fucking Road Come on, Warriors. Man. And the road, it's called the Road Warriors pop for a reason. Yeah. Uh, when that music starts, the crowd goes absolutely crazy. Everything blows up, and yeah, 
former two-time WWE WF Tag Team Champions, four-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, two-time WWGP Tag Team Champions, as well as winning AWA and All Japan Tag Team Championships. Now, as we get into the past, that's where stuff gets really murky. Partially because uh, if you watch a lot of the WWE history stuff, mm-hmm. uh, they deliberately kind of murky the waters. Um, at no point in history has there ever been a unified tag team championship. Uh, even in the NWA, the tag team championship you'll see to refer to as the World Tag Team Championship, commonly on uh, WWE DVD releases, network releases, whatever you call it compilations is actually the mid-atlantic championship which they called the world but it was very common for every territory who had a tag team championship to refer to it as the world tag team championship and wwe mostly calls out the world tag team championship because they own all the rights to the mid-atlantic library (laughs) (laughs) okay uh so tag team wrestling actually contrary to what Wikipedia thinks, uh, does in fact go back to the 19th century, uh, 1901, mostly in San Francisco, though. Uh, It didn't really happen outside of the California area regularly. Uh, And the first tag team championship wasn't actually crowned until the 1930s, or sorry, 1950s, being Ray Eckhart and hard-boiled Haggerty. course in San Francisco NWA April 4th 1950 Uh, but primarily in the 1930s through 1950s tag team was really mostly in the San Francisco California Los Angeles area Uh, it wasn't inside of the rest of the NWA and even later as the NWA spread everyone still had their own and even after the WCW buyout in 1992 there was still the World Tag Team Championship and the United States Tag Team Championship. <laughs> and then, of course, we always had the WWE, WWF, WWWF, you know. Yep. And then AWA, yeah, New Japan had the IWGP, and All Japan had the A... <laughs> All, everybody had a Tag Team Championship. So yep. there was never a unified Tag Team Championship back in the day. Golden Era, so we And say. also with the Golden Era, Tag Teams were treated very differently. Yes, uh, rules were much more stuck to, and it was very common to see disqualifications and feuds go on for weeks and years in tag teams. Um, so, without further rambling... And are, are these in, in any per particular order, or just top, top, top ten? These are not in any particular order, uh, just kind of whatever I casually segued to in that... All right, tag team to change wrestling. The fabulous Freebirds, debuting in 1979. Michael P.S. Hayes, Terry Baby, and Buddy Roberts. Together, they changed wrestling. Uh, of course, the f- famous Freebird rule, where any two members of a three-man team can defend a set of belts, which had never happened before in wrestling. Uh, also, later, the Freebirds included Jimmy Jam Garvin when uh, Terry and Buddy left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Freebirds were notorious. They never really stayed anywhere for a long time, but they were held tag team championship. NWA, WCW, GWF, Georgia, WCW, UWF, Mid South, you name it. Uh, 
they became famous for also singing their own infamous theme song, Bad Street, Atlanta, GA, which became an infamous cult hit for assorted reasons. I, you know what? I'm going to put the YouTube video just in in the in the notes because if you've never seen this video, you got to see it. It's Michael P.S. Hayes and it's Michael P.S. Hayes' glory. <laughs> hair, oh, all the hair. Uh. Flipping the other side, one of the famous good guy teams of all time, and uh, one of the really long-standing teams of professional tag team wrestling, the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, uh, debuted 1983 and just retired this year in 2022, actually. Yeah, that's that's insane. It uh, really is. Incredible career. Ten-time NWA tag team champion, ten-time Smoky Mountain wrestling tag team champion. So, solid argument to being greatest team of all time. Wrestled in the NWA, the original NWA, and the new version of the NWA, which is... Uh, Crazy. Yeah. It just, to think about the run that the Rock and Roll Express had from beginning to end, and Morton is still... Yes, Ricky Morton yeah. is still wrestling with their son now. Yeah. It's, and, yeah, is Ricky Morton the same wrestler he was in, in the 80s? No, but no. the fact that he's still but, going and putting on fantastic matches is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and literally, Rock and Roll Express wrestled everywhere. NWA, AWA, New Japan, WCW, WWF, and TNA, and AEW even. Uh, 40, over 40 tag team championships and all. So, oh incredible God. team. That just, the run that they've they had together, I don't think is ever going to be beat. Definitely one of the great babyface good guy tag teams. Uh, once again, we're going to flip back to the badass. Definitely, we're going right to the badass. Famous, but uh, a lot of people don't know the extensive history of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, a.k.a. the Anderson Family. Uh, it goes way back to 1966. The original Andersons being Gene and Lars Anderson. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Ole was later joined Gene. Yeah, and remember, guys, that Ole Anderson joined later. Think how <laughs> crazy that is. Uh, other notable Andersons, of course, Ole Arn Anderson, C.W. Anderson, and, of course, the modern-day Carl Machine Gun Anderson. Mm -hmm. uh, Ric Flair was a cousin mm -hmm. of the Anderson family, was their original connection. Uh and also uh, Arn's, Arn's, Arn's son, Brock. Yes, Brock Anderson continues, uh, as well as Gene's sons, uh, Brad and Ole's son, Brian, are both wrestlers today. Uh, Eight-time tag team champions, and every version of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew held tag team championships. Because they're the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Yes. <laughs> It's one of those teams, guys, that you don't really... Add. Going on to number four, the Midnight Express. Oh. Uh, many iterations of this notorious heel tag team, managed by the infamous James E. Cornette. Uh, originally Randishing Ravi, Randy Rose and Norvell Austin, debuting in 1983, uh, later became... Randy Rose and Beautiful Bobby Eaton, and of course, more famously, Beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane. 
they're the first tag team to hold both the NWA, US, and World Tag Team Championships. Uh, you don't see a lot of the stuff because their promos and stuff were not appropriate for today's. The Midnight Express was coming for your wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Stan Lane. <laughs> that was not... That was a shoot. Stan Lane was coming for people's wives and girlfriends. And, and getting them. And Stan Lane is... Not a nice guy. And that's not like me hearing... Go read Mick Foley's book and the story about Stan Lane, a room full of women, and like five bottles of baby oil or something. (laughs) Armload of baby oil is how it was described, I think. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, The Midnight Express are... If you want to see something that would get anyone canceled today... Go check out some of their uh, and promos. Fantastic, fantastic matches with every oh, God. tag team out there. The Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll, Roll Express. How how many matches do you think those guys had that were amazing tag tag matches? Just those two teams on, on hundreds. this list. Had to be hundreds. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number five, a tag team that is definitely the biggest money drawing tag team of all time, without question. Going way back to 1957, Antonia Rocca and Miguel Perez. Oh, wow. They were the very first Capital Wrestling Tag Team Champions under Vince McMahon Sr. They were only a team from 1957 until 1962. And they were only a one-time Tag Team Champion because they held the title for five straight years. And they sold out Madison Garden, Madison Square Garden, 29 times during that period. They headlined it every single week for five years, and they're the first tag team to ever headline Madison Square Garden. And let's be honest, they're probably the last ones to it would do it. Most likely, <laughs> they haven't really. Uh, WWE is not known for being a great promotion for for tag tag tag, tag teams. No. Uh, sticking back to the golden era of wrestling, uh, anybody listening from here is going to get a smile when we talk about Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher. Oh, uh, 1959 sweet. through 1981, way before Steve Austin and the Sandman were even a twinkle in their daddy's eyes. Uh, the OG cigar-smoking, beer-keg-carrying tough guys of the wrestling business were Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher. To quote, we're going to beat these bums, dance the polka with girls, and drink beer. <laughs> uh, among their many accomplishments, former five-time AWA Tag Team Champions, and there's actually a song written about the Crusher, in 1964, called The Crusher, by the Novas. <laughs> Imagine if anyone was to write a song about a wrestler now. Oh, people would think you're out. Other than Ric Flair hanging out in third-string rappers, songs going, woo! Yep. <laughs> because he's Ric Flair, and that's what he can do. I mean, I'm jealous, for sure, that people don't pay me to just stand in the background and go, woo. So. Yeah, he's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Woo! Ah. I'm like not not my not my uh, music guys, but you you guys know I'm a, well, a metalhead. <laughs> Once again, we're staying in the golden era with a tag team that history has really 
obscured the massive, massive impact and shaping of the tag team industry these guys had. The Fabulous Kangaroos, going back to way back to 1957, and they actually lasted through various iterations till 1984. Uh, originally, Al Costello and Roy Heffernan with Wild Red Berry as their manager. Uh, later, Don Kent and Roy Heffernan was managed by Al Costello. Uh, they popular helped popularize tag team wrestling in the 50s. They were the brand name of wrestling everybody knew the fabulous or the royal kangaroos uh tag teams would be mentioned such and such tag team wrestled the fabulous kangaroos at madison square garden it was a big deal to even have wrestled the fabulous kangaroos now for the people who don't actually know anything about them how would you describe the crank the kangaroos look uh, very Australian outbacky. Uh, not like Crocodile Dundee, but they did have the boomerangs and the hat. I'm gonna put the picture now for the graphic. I do have it. Uh, uh good. <laughs> but yes, uh, later Dennis, the new fabulous kangaroos were Dennis Cass and Al Snow. Uh, and they were managed by Roy Heffernan. We need we need photos of both. <laughs> uh, and of course, the Fabulous Kangaroos were the first tag team ever inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yep, and rightfully so. Uh, number eight on our list, just kind of tame. I always love myself. Uh, the High Flyers, Greg Gagne and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, uh, popular from 1977 through 1985. Former two-time AWA tag team champions. They were also tag team champions in WCCW in Puerto Rico, oh. which a lot of people don't realize. Um, popularizing double drop kicks, head scissors, a lot of flying moves ahead of their time. And a lot of people think they really only, you know, you kind of hear the revisionist history of, oh, you know, they were only popular because of Greg was Vern Gagne's son and they were only big in AWA. But that's not true at all. They were actually in Memphis, Japan, Maple Leaf Wrestling, Georgia, and several of the NWA places. Uh, and they were named PWA Tag Team of the Year in 1982. So, no, that's and they don't play favorites there. No, Pro no, Wrestling Illustrated is an independent publication. Yeah, and not they like Dave Meltzer. <laughs> oh, Dave, Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Moving on, we're at number nine on our list. Uh, Levon Eriks. Now I know everybody's. Once again, I feel like it's one of those that's been lost in all the bad stuff I about think the Von the, Erics. Because of the tragedies that have befallen the family, that's where I think everybody thinks. But uh, the Von Erics were actually incredibly famous and incredibly influential. There's a lot of people who trace the kind of the zenith slash downfall of tag team and pro wrestling's popularity to the downfall of the Von Erich family. So there's something we said for that. But of course, Carrie, Kevin, Michael, and David Von Erich, most famous, probably the most famous tag team in Texas wrestling history. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff people don't know. Carrie uh, Von Erich was actually going to be on the 1980 Olympic team for shot put, but it was boycotted because it was in the USSR. So yep. he never got that chance. But Carrie uh, was also former NWA and Intercontinental Champion. So, 
as the Texas Tornado. Yes. <laughs> I sorry. I loved Carrie Von Erich as a young kid. He was he was my guy, and just because he did, he reminded me of uh, the He-Man spinning dude when he did that like spinning clothesline thing. Uh, the Von Erichs had a big impact on the wrestling family too. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> Kind of know, but don't really remember anymore. But Fritz von Erich was actually NWA president in 1970. Uh, he was also very popular for popularizing the claw or the iron claw, which is even in pop culture, in movies and such, you still see the claw coming up now and then. I I want the claw, claw to come back. <laughs> it was a fantastic move. Oh, yeah. Uh, hint, hint, Tom. Yes. <laughs> I'll start busting that out when I make my comeback. Oh, yeah. Uh, Another historical thing that kind of you don't see much, but the first third-generation female wrestler was actually Lacey Von Erich in uh, her very short wrestling career, uh, Carrie's daughter. Yep. Uh, and there is still current Von Erichs wrestling. Ross and Marshall Von Erich currently wrestle in MLW. Yeah. They are Kevin's sons, and they're fantastic. Oh, my God. They're going to get... I... Uh, guys, go check out MLW Rewind. It's a show on the OIW Podcast Network. George and Bobby talked all about these guys. Oh my God, they're so good. Yes. And it's and it's not like oh there's somebody. No, these guys put in the fucking work, and they are a good solid tag team. They are incredible. And in terms of questionable Von Erics, that people always want to know the answer to. While I have done the research, uh, it was in fact as everyone knew in Texas, Lance Von Erich was the fake Von Erich. He was not actually, of course, a Von Erich or related to them. His real name was William Kevin Vaughn, and he had already wrestled as Ricky Vaughn, so they weren't fooling anyone. <laughs> uh, hilariously, Waldo Von Erich was, in fact, related to Fritz Von Erich. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Waldo Von Erich was barely related. He was married to Fritz's wife's cousin. So he was, asterisk, technically related to Fritz Von Erich. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Uh, finishing off this list, Wrestling. of course, with once again just a personal favorite of mine, being a good old redneck boy a little bit, uh, the Bushwhackers. Okay, guys, you don't understand. For guys our age, the Bushwhackers were one of the best teams when we were growing up. Cousin were... Butch and Cousin Luke. Oh, my God. We were all little Bushwhackeroos. Uh, we did the dance. You you probably licked went the side of one yeah, of your cousins. Yeah, if you're explaining face. now that a yeah. dude in over bald scruffy dude in are swinging his arms and overalls is gonna come up and lick your kid on the head and you're gonna be excited about that, just yep, they'd cart you off for that. Uh, the '80s were a different time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Bushwhackers. Actually, they've been around in many different iterations. Possibly one of the most long-standing tag teams we're going to talk about today. Yep. Uh, debuting in 1966 originally is the Australian Kiwis. Yep. Uh, Butch William, Butch and Luke Williams. Uh, later becoming just <laughs> Luke Williams and Jonathan Boyd became the ultra-violent sheep herders. We're a completely oh God, yeah. different stripe of tag team in Memphis and Puerto Rico. As as Luke has has been quoted many times, you was hardcore be, 
before hardcore was a thing. Yes, uh, a lot of people only remember the more comedic Bushwhackers. Oh yeah, because <laughs> uh, once they, again Butch and Luke reuniting and later. Because Butch and Luke were a tag team for twenty something years before WWE. They're WWE. Right? Thirty almost. Yeah, thirty almost thirty. And he's Before still going, and Luke, Luke still wrestles to this yes, day. Yes, Luke Williams is still active to this day at the age of 75 years old, somehow. Uh, I would not want to get in the ring ring with that with that man, but... <laughs> no, he does batshit crazy stuff. Uh, I'm going to tell the story just to embarrass Casey Andrews. Uh, he was wrestling at some kind of fair show, and just out of nowhere... Luke just like dropped Trow and in the middle of the match, stink faced the shit out of KC. <laughs> <laughs> so because... KC got a stink face from like 60, I think he was, you know, about 67 year old Luke Williams at that point. <laughs> and he probably loved every second of it. No, probably not. But... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, of course, the Bushwhackers were famous everywhere. Memphis, Puerto Rico, Stampede, Pacific Northwest, Mid-Atlantic. Uh, they even appeared late in ECW in 1998 as Dudley Cousins. Oh, wow. And just to round out a few more honorable mentions, because everybody's going, you forgot so-and-so. And I know, we're probably going to end up doing a part Guys, two of this. Guys, we got to do a part two, because we tried to narrow it down to top Ten, top 10 and there were just so many good tag teams like we can do top 10 tag teams from WWF all the way to modern times we can like it's there are so many good tag teams like one of the ones that I've always loved I don't know if yet we have it but uh Lord Steven Regal and Bobby Eaton I <laughs> know I did not have them on. Uh, I love those guys as a tag team. I, I know it was. I did midnight. It so was. I didn't do. Oh yeah, it was a short run, but those two together and the WCW skits that those two did together, Lord Steven Regal teaching Bobby Eaton how to be a proper general. I just love that shit. Oh, fantastic! Uh, so our honorable mentions going to a few of the founders of tag teams, of course. Uh, the Wild Samoans, the founders of the wow. Anawai wrestling family, Afonsika, from 1973 till 97. 21-time tag team champions throughout the world. Uh, notable, of course, also for... I can't even name all the members of the Anawai family. We would do another no. 45 minutes of that's talking. A, that's a show unto itself. And also, the, of course, the famous Wild Samoan Training Center. Which, again, we would do another 40 minutes talking about everyone they've trained. But some quickly mm -hmm. to note, Paul Orndorff, Luna, Billy Kidman, and Dave Batista, some famous alumni of that center. Uh, and, of course, they're still active in the business today. With, they run Wild Extreme Wrestling. So a massive footprint on wrestling, tag team wrestling. Los Guerreros. Everybody remembers Chavo oh, wow. and Eddie. But the original Los Guerreros, Hector Mondo and Chavo Sr., back in 1974 and Chavo. through 1995, yes. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the original Los Guerreros were Gory Guerrero and Chavo Sr. Uh, Chavo Guerrero Sr. is actually the Chavo Jr. of the family, hilariously, uh, <laughs> because Gory Guerrero is Salvador Guerrero, and uh, 
Chavo Sr. as Salvador Jr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chavo Sr., though, is a former NWA Junior Heavyweight America's champion in his own right, too, as a singles champion that usually you don't hear about. You just kind of, a lot of people remember that goofy run he got at WWE at the end. Because WWE is the biggest. They do that. Biggest thing, yeah. Other famous tag teams we're going to talk about historically, the Von Brauners, uh, Carl and Kurt, back in 1960s and the 1970s. Wow. They were Nazi twins, pretty much heat, baby. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, uh, later Carl and Eric, and then, of course, later Kurt number two. They held over 40 different tag team championships throughout uh, the United States and across the globe. Uh, another one we're going to throw in just because it was another favorite of mine, but also another hugely popular, even though they weren't together that long, the Koloffs. Oh, Ivan yeah. and Nikita Koloff were imprinted in many people's mind through 84 through 87 as just a badass and memorable scary tag team. There were many generic Russian tag teams that were thrown together, but none were ever as as intimidating and memorable as the Koloffs, innovators of the Russian chain match, former six-man and tag team championships, and if everyone ever thought that Nikita Koloff kind of looks like Zangief, it is because, yes, the creators of Street Fighter have confirmed that Zangief is based off of Nikita Koloff. (laughs) Uh, So, massive impact right there. Yep. And, of course, finishing off Everybody's like, oh, you didn't do any Japanese tag teams. Bullshit. I did. Uh, <laughs> these guys could be famous individually or as a tag team, but one of the great superpowers of Japanese tag team wrestling, uh, Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kaujima. Oh, wow. Uh, teaming together from 1988 until current today. So another longstanding pair of badasses. Uh, both phenomenal singles championships. I don't have another 20 minutes to talk about their individual singles oh, records. Oh, God, no. But we'll quickly mention, former six-time IWGP Tag Team Champions as well as former NWA Tag Team Championships, two-time G1 Tag League Champions, two-time A Japan World Strongest Tag... Sorry. Strongest Tag Determination League, and their only tag team to do that both in the same year. So... A lot of people know about, you know, All Japan and New Japan do not play well together. Oh, so yeah. for them to win both of those tournaments in 2008 shows the amount of respect held for, for those guys. For those guys. Uh, oh, uh, I think I think you actually forgot one tag team. Uh, one of on on Terrio's best. Actually, you were in two. Uh, you and Sarge, and <laughs> you and De Lang. Oh, me and Gunnar Lang. Yeah, Gunnar. <laughs> Gunnar is doing fantastic he on his is. own. Um, I'm very happy for his success. I'm a little bittersweet to be on the sidelines uh, right now, but I will be back. But tag team wrestling, a phenomenal thing. We, and of course, have not begun to scratch some of the other oh. phenomenal. We will do a part two. I've already started a list. Um, <laughs> he has. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> the Graham Brothers, the Fargos, uh, the, the Fabulous funks. Ones, the Funks. Yeah, I got the Funks on there, too. Them boys. Uh, oh. I might do a modern one. I'm going to stick with more historical ones again. Oh, yeah. yeah but yes. I think you doing a modern tag team thing would be very different than everyone else's list because... 
you look for different things than most uh, most uh, most uh, people. Oh, most certainly. Oh yeah, because uh, you're not a super kick fan, so <laughs> I think we it, it has been factually established that one person can beat the young bucks with one arm. <laughs> it wasn't behind his back; it was dangling at his side. But I mean, yeah, that's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> The dirt sheets are saying more than enough about that. We don't need and to wait man, into that shit. Somebody bit Kenny. <laughs> Who bites someone? And on that note, we not really sure how we're doing in the top ten tag 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 teams, and we talk about modern day wrestling backstage pol- politics and bullshit, and somebody biting biting somebody. But that's what you get on Gilmy Talks with talk, talking with Tom because this is this is Gilmy and this is this is Tom. See, I'm actually making him making him do shit, guys. Um, and we will talk to you guys soon. I'm just letting you know. Go check out the oiwpodcastnetwork.com website, and I'm going to drop this news right now. Gilmy Talks is going to have a Patreon starting January 1st. So, people have been asking me about it. I know what's going 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 to be on it. Tom knows what's going to be on it. But <laughs> I am going to be dropping that info in later shows in de- December. Christmas shows coming up up with Gilmy Talks, talking with Tom. New cri- Christmas re- wrestling show come coming up, and we will talk talk to you guys soon. Come up with better damn names than Seasoned Beatings and New Year's fucking Resolution. Or Revolution. Either of those shit combinations. Originality, people. Get on it. Because I'm already seeing season season Beatings around. And I shake my head at thee. <laughs> Somebody Bye, do that. There you go. We just gave you one. Yep. <laughs> Tom out. Bye, guys. I'm cold. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs>